The IZ Robot Stuck at Home Show. Hey kids, it is me, your dude, I see robots, and I'm sitting right here in my house right now being happy as a clam because, well, the world is looking good, things are looking up, things are getting better as I have promised. I I hope that you guys are doing well, I hope that ELE is living in your heart, I hope that, like, you have love and excitement about the things that are going down all around you, it's a great time to be alive, I swear to you, I promise, I guarantee that things are going to be looking up in the very near very dear future. I I feel pretty good right now, to be honest with you, and I haven't felt really, like, awesome over, over the past, uh, well, the past four years, honestly, and, like, things are, things are taking an upswing. Right now, I have in my hand something that I found in the bottom of my closet, something that I got for myself, like, a Christmas or two ago, and I just, like, I filed it away in a shelf, and I completely forgot about it. It is a four-pack of Masters of the Universe Mega Construct. They are, like, they're like, um, like teeny tiny little Lego figures, but they're more detailed than Lego men. They have, like, joints. They have muscles. They have weapons. It's pretty cool, man. There's Faker. There's Beast Man. There's He-Man. There's Skeletor. And then there is also Tila. I bought this at TJ Maxx. It may have actually been two Christmases ago, to be honest. I bought this at TJ Maxx, and I remember distinctly... Bumping into uh, Tatiana from Comics for the Win over there. And Comics for the Win, my beloved comic shop, was still open, still in effect. And that's been, like, that has been, like, forever ago. So I'm thinking that, like, this was that long ago, man. Weird. I paid $9.99. It's comparable at uh, $14. Let's bust this open. I'm surprised I was able to keep this so long without doing it. But, man, sometimes I'll, like, take stuff... And I put it away for some future date when I when I want to, like, have a little thrill in my life. And, and while today has been thrilling, this is going to add to it. Let's see what we got in here. There's a little comic book, or maybe it's a catalog, very reminiscent of the uh, original Motus, where you would get a um, comical book in the back. Let's see. This is more like... This is more like a guide showing you what weapons go with who and what goes with what. It has really neat little pictures of everyone. It says, kaboom... There's He-Man saying uh, the magical words and turning from Prince Adam into He-Man. There's Tila, Faker, Skeletor, Beast Man. Faker was always a wild one to me. I never realized as a kid that each of the Motu characters had, like, a villainous counterpart. I didn't realize that, like, this one was also this one, and they used each of the molds twice. So I, I could never figure out what the Faker dude was about, but it turns out it's probably, like, a cost-cutting measure. To get two uses out of the uh, He-Man mold. Let's bust this open and see what we got in here. Let me put this aside. Put this on top of the, uh, coincidentally, my He-Man garbage can. First we got, uh, well, we got Faker. Let's take him out of here. You're going to hear a lot of crinkle crackles. It's okay, man. Don't worry. There's not, like, there's nothing going on. These guys are in here pretty good. Here's Faker. And he has a little stand. Here's Beast Man. He has a little stand. Beast Man has a, uh, has a whip. Let's try to get the weapons out. I probably should have done some of this ahead of time. Because these are going to be, these are going to be a mug to get out. I might not bring every single one out because, uh, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be loud. Let's give, let's give Faker his sword. You know what? These are honestly really quite cool. I see these every once in a while over at the Walmart. And I've never, 
I've never dived in, dove in. I've never dove in because, I don't know, sometimes I don't want to dove in. But these are these are actually quite fresh. He has movement at the elbow, at the wrist, at the shoulder, at the knees, as well as the head and the waist. That's a ton of articulation for a minifigure. I gotta say, I'm honestly quite impressed. Maybe I wish I would have jumped aboard on these a while ago. Let me, um... Let me get Beastman out of here. Beastman's little armor pieces fell off. Let me sit those right there. Here's his uh, whizip. His whip. Whips are weird weapons. I remember as a kid, like, oh, I dropped it. Shout out to Preston. I think it fell under my desk. Oh, here it is. Didn't fall that far. Take back that shout out. Um, let me uh, put that. I dropped it again. This one time it fell in my shoe. Man, these little pieces in me just don't really go together that well. I got everything. Let me put the little whippy whip in his hand. As a kid, I'd like to play, try to play whips. I'd get ropes and try to whip them around and see if I could make them snap. This was after uh, Indiana Jones, obviously. That guy was like the master of the lash. He could do everything with one of those. Let's see what else we got. He-Man himself looking pretty fresh. Let's pull his weapon out. Sit it over here. Here's his shield. My favorite of the He-Man weapons, to be honest with you, is his battle axe. I always thought it was dope that he had a sword as well as a battle axe. And I am sorry for all the crinkling. This is awful radio, but then again, you gotta uh, understand. Dropped another piece. This is amateur radio, so you get what you get. I'm not a pro, man. I'm not Larry King on the mic. Oh, well. I don't think this is going very well. I'm dropping pieces all over the place. Let me get the shield. It's all the way over here. Hold on. I'm so far away from the microphone right now that I don't know if you could hear me, but I I am back. Where is... Okay, here's the handle for the shield. It fell down in here. This is the worst. I apologize. You probably think there's like feedback. It's not feedback. It's plastic crinkling. I don't know. What do you guys want? Do you want, like, the real legitimate sounds of me opening it up? Or should I just, like, open this up ahead of time and avoid the crinkles? I don't know, man. Let me roll closer to the mic. I think in some ways I have a very good-sounding show with lots of neat little things. But then I also think you have an, have an awful-sounding show with lots of terrible background noise. You let me know what you think. Good-sounding, bad-sounding. Hit me up on the tweets. At I see robots. Here is our guy... He-Man, let's put the uh, sword in his hand. Oh, I got the power. That's what he says when he when he transforms. Does Faker have like a fake Prince Adam identity? I think not. I really don't honestly know the background origin of Faker. I don't know how he became a Prince Adam clone. A He-Man clone, rather. And why is he blue? I imagine it has something to do with Skeletor. Something to do with magic of some sort. Something to do with a uh, evil Lin or whatever. I know not, but that does uh, that does go with reason. Let's see where these pieces go. Here is a little wrist gauntlet for our guy Beastman. It goes on right here. Very cool. Very neat. Snip, snip onto there. Here his other ones. I'm dropping stuff. There's stuff all over the place. I am the worst. I I lose so many toy accessories. I gotta tell you, man, it's not even funny at all. Are you guys like that, or do you keep all your things together? I imagine some of you don't fall off the desk. I also don't really have a very good workplace that's conducive to doing this kind of stuff, as it were. I'm gonna leave Skeletor and Tila in their uh, respective cases. Skeletor looks dynamite, though. He has a staff with the ram's head, and then Tila, 
Tila's looking pretty buff, dude. Got some giant guns on her there. But uh, that's that's pretty going along with the character, I guess. These are dope, dude. I, I might go back and see if I can find some of these or find some of these at the Walmart. I think they're still putting them out. I wish that they would come out with these in G.I. Joe. That would be a dynamite. That would be Jimmy Walker level. A dynamite! Dino-mite. I I think it's about time to move forward in the show. This week, what we're going to do this week is we're going to take a look at Jennifer Jason Lee, the great Jennifer Jason Lee from movie and television fame. Also, uh, Tony Award-winning actor Jennifer Jason Lee. We're going to do a top five of all of her classic films. And I want you guys to know, these aren't the ones that some may say are the most critically acclaimed. These are the ones that I myself prefer the most, much like our uh, Kevin Costner list of a few weeks back. These are my favorite Jennifer Jason Lee movies. I'm a giant Jennifer Jason Lee fan, I gotta admit. She's one of my favorite actors, and I think it's really great to see this comeback she's making with, like, Hateful Eight and all these other great films she's been coming out with lately. It's hard to hard to think of anything more recent because the, the movie industry has been frozen completely, but, uh, She's made a comeback. She started off as like, she started off as like a young babyface teen, a uh, good guy. And then as she's aged, she's become a bit more of a heel. And I find that that role, in my opinion, kind of fits her a little better. She has something about her. It's like a, a bit of an edge that's well suited to be a movie heel. And I appreciate it. I like it. But uh, let's jump into number five and see what we got to say about it. One, two, one, two, three, and. Number five. Eight pounds, fourteen ounces. Such a weight when you were born. The first time I looked in your eyes, I knew your life was gonna be bigger than mine. I can do this. Let's hustle big. You'd be surprised how easy it is to take a wrong turn. White boy Rick. My number five Jennifer Jason Lee movie of all the times and space is a movie that goes by the name of White Boy Rick, but you already knew that. White Boy Rick is a 2018 biographical crime film about this dude named, well, dude's name is White Boy Rick, and he is the youngest guy ever to be a informant for the FBI. In the movie, our gal Jennifer Jason Lee plays FBI agent Alex Sanders. Her and the dude who plays Paperboy on Atlanta. Guy's a really great actor. I, I should know his name, but I, I sadly do not. Kind of coerce, kind of trick our guy White Boy Rick into becoming an informant. And then over time, things go awry. Blah, 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 blah. The movie was like... Really, really, really great, but I gotta admit, the first time I saw it at the theater, I didn't love it as much as I have grown to love it over the years. The the trailers kind of led me to believe it was going to be like this really fancy, really flashy kind of crime story. Then when I saw it, it wasn't that. It was kind of a kind of a biographical low-down tale of this, this guy, uh, I think his name is Rick, Rick Wersch, who threw... Through the, the machinations of the FBI, ends up becoming like a pretty 
pretty large-scale drug dealer in the Detroit area during the 70s, but you're kind of led to believe that it's going to be more flashy, more whatever, but over time, as I've seen the movie again and again and again on the cable TV, because it does have, like, it does have, like, a real legitimate rewatchability. They, the movie has grown on me a lot. Why I rated this highly in the uh, Jennifer Jason Lee pantheon is this is, like, this is late in our career, and our gal Jennifer Jason started off it's kind of like a, uh, you know, a baby face, like a, uh, like a nice, sweet, young baby face, which we'll talk about in some of the movies that come later. And then over the times, she kind of twisted and turned to become a complete heel. And in this one, she is like very, very, very heelish. She, she threatens. She coerces. She does every whack thing you can imagine a crooked cop can do to get what they want. And this leads, this leads white boy Rick to have a ruined life. Now, we, we got to kind of look at it and see that, like, our homeboy Rick wasn't really heading off to, like, Harvard or Yale or one of these other, one of these other, uh, you know, uh, Ivy League schools. Dude is probably going to end up down and low, down and dirty just based on everything. But he didn't need the police kind of coercing him into uh, into doing that. But hey, man, you can't trust a pig, right? We all know this. They're all, they're all crooked. Jennifer Jason was really great in this movie, though. As, as she's aged, her face kind of has um, morphed from like the young baby face. And when I say this, I don't mean like baby face as in like a good guy. I mean like, you know, the, 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 the nice, cute, sweet girl that we saw in some of her early movies. She's kind of, she's kind of become darker. She's kind of become grimmer looking as well. And this really played into this movie very well. I liked it. I liked it a lot. White Boy Rick number five. Let's see what is next. Number four. American Dream is about to get a wake up call. got hired today you know entry level but i got big ideas when the president an owner of 87 percent of the company's stock drops then the company too has a problem what we need now is a new president some jerk my leg is on fire we can really push around yo yeah you boss this letter was sent down this morning by the big man himself sit down son. go ahead try it out the Hot Sucker Proxy. Hi, number four uh, Jennifer Jason Lee movie of all the times and spaces is a 1994 comedy directed by the famous Coen brothers, Joel and Ethan. This movie is a movie that goes by the name of The Hud Sucker Proxy. The Hud Sucker Proxy might actually factually have been the first uh, Coen Brothers movie that I saw like millions and millions of times because it was like, it was like playing on HBO back in the day when I had nothing better to do than sit around and watch, watch HBO all day and night. The, the story is of this. I think we might actually need to use the uh, Wikipedia here to kind of get a, uh, kind of get a good description of it because these, uh, these Coen Brothers movies tend to be wacky. The Hudsucker Proxy is a 1994 comedy film co-written Produced and directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen, Sam Raimi of Spider-Man fame co-wrote the script and served as second unit director. The film stars Tim Robbins as a naive but ambitious business school graduate who is installed as president of a manufacturing company. Jennifer Jason Lee as a newspaper reporter and Paul Newman as a company director who hires the graduate as part of a stock scam. That's not even really like getting into the the nuts and bolts of it because if, you, if you've ever seen like a Coen Brothers movie, you know that they sort of 
They kind of sort of go in and out and up and around and all around the uh, tale before getting to the uh, point of things. And there's just like, there's just like a million different things that go on. There's like a million different characters and a million different things. They're very, very convoluted, very confusing, but all in a, in a, in a good way. I, I think if I were to like sum it up as succinctly as I possibly could, I would say that somebody wants to sink the company. So they put this uh, dummy named Tim Robbins in charge. But in doing so, he sort of introduces the world to the hula hoop and the company goes big. But our gal, Jennifer Jason Lee plays a intrepid reporter of real Lois Lane type, who, while trying to get into the uh, nuts and bolts of everything, I said nuts and bolts twice, and I I apologize, but in, in trying to get to the uh, nuts and bolts of it, she, she gets a job at Hudsucker as a way to, like, get on the inside and figure out what's going on. And then all sorts of hilarity ensues. This is a uh, younger Jennifer Jason Lee, a very uh, fresh, freckle-faced Jennifer Jason Lee doing her best Lois Lane impersonation. I like this movie, like, quite a bit. I haven't seen it in a real long time, though, which is which is kind of sad. It hasn't really been, like, in the cable circles as much as uh, a lot of the other kind of Coendy Brothers sort of things have. I think that, like... When I was coming up, the movie, um, the Coen Brothers movie that I used to see, like, the most besides this one was Raising Arizona, which I also don't see that much at all anymore, because when when I was coming up, it was playing on Comedy Central, like, all the time, and then this one was playing on HBO, or maybe it was Showtime, we had both, so I really don't know which one it was, but I used to see, I used to see those two all the time, like, all the times, man, I... I digress back into the plot. One of the things I, I think is interesting about this is that uh, Jennifer Jason's name and it's Amy Archer, which which in like some way is kind of like an allusion to Lois Lane. You know, I got the AA and the LL. Superman is full of all kinds of like double L's and Lex Luthor's and Lana Lang's and uh, Lori Lamaris's and stuff. But at any rate, she's really, really, really charming in this movie. She has kind of like this weird sort of like old-timey New York accent. The whole thing is fun. This is just a fun movie. I should actually go out of my way to get it on Blu-ray or get it on DVD. I should go down to Joe Video. That's actually what I should do. I should go to Joe Video. Joe's is the last remaining video store in Sonoma County. I was over there, and we rented Outland, the uh, Sean Connery movie Outland, to to kind of celebrate. I mean, um, not celebrate. The uh, death of Sean Connery, who sadly has passed. T-R-O-Y. To Sean Connery, but the wife has never seen Outland, so we decided to watch that. I wasn't sure what we would she would think. Because it's kind of a dry, sort of sci-fi kind of thing. But she um she dug it a lot, so it's all good. I realize I've drifted really, really, really far off uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, and I apologize for that. But let's uh let's move forward and see what's next. Number three. Hetty appeared to be the perfect roommate, but appearances... Where the hell have you been? ...can be deceiving. Nothing she told me was true. And living with a roommate... I've had it with you. ...can be murder. Hetty! Don't make me come get you! Bridget Fonda, Jennifer Jason Lee. Single white female. Be careful, she's crazy. The next movie on our list is a 1992-erotic-slash-slasher-slash-thriller movie. Don't blame me for those slashes, dude. I'm just going by what they say on Wikipedia. Movie known as 
single white female. Single white female stars Bridget Fonda, the delightful Bridget Fonda. I think that someday in the future, we're going to end up doing a top five of Bridget Fonda movies. So be ready for that. She's another personal favorite of mine. Her career trajectory and Jennifer Jason Leigh's are, are very, very similar. Not the same, but kind of similar. But at any rate, the movie stars Bridget Fonda, Jennifer Jason Leigh, and the basic idea of this is that our gal Bridget Fonda is looking for a roommate after a breakup with her fiancé, who is played by the dude from Wings. Not the guy that voices Superman in the cartoons, the other guy from Wings. You know, I used to watch Wings all the time. It was one of those shows that was in, like, USA rotation. It would come on after wrestling. It would come on after all these things I would watch. And I I would end up catching episodes of Wings here or there. But I gotta say, I don't really like this show at all. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's good, even. But I've seen, like, every episode, like, 10,000 times. But at any, at any rate, I guess that goes to show what Cable was like back in the day before you had DVR... Before you had the Netflix, you would just kind of watch a lot of things that were on. And Wings was one of those things that was always on. I haven't seen Wings in, in like, forever. I don't even think it's airing anywhere on TV today. It's probably on one of those one of those uh, free streaming services like Tubi or something. But at any rate, her, her boyfriend, played by the guy from Wings, breaks up with uh, Bridget Fonda. And that leads her into finding a roommate. And the person that she picks is Jennifer Jason Lee, who at first is very nice, very normal. But then over time, she becomes, like, super duper obsessed with Bridget Fonda to the point that, like, she cuts her hair in that 90s short hairdo that Bridget Fonda has. She starts dressing like Bridget Fonda. She attempts to seduce the guy from Wings who is back in the scene, and then eventually there's murder and all kinds of things like that. I just thought this movie was super fun and super silly back in the day. I still think that. I think that's a lot of fun. A lot of nice, silly fun involved with the... A little bit of eroticism, a little bit of violence, a little bit of Bridget Fonda, a little bit of Jennifer Jason Lee. I don't know what else you could want out of life than that. You know, guys, I got to uh, apologize a little bit here. I, um, I'm getting a lot of popping and a lot of weird sounds, a little uh, clipping, as they say here in the audio. And that's my fault. I got, I got a new computer recently and I've uh, had to adjust the audio and it's, um, I'm having a hard time finding like the right the right microphone level. I kind of talk loud into the mic, and I kind of talk close to the mic, and I, I, I go up into the uh, red zone, and I'm having a, a hard time getting, like, exactly where I want it to be, so bear with me while we, we fine-tune that. I'll talk about the computer I at the end of the show. I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's a nice computer. I'm pretty happy, but as far as this movie goes, dude, this is another one that I used to see on cable, like, all the time. Like, all the times. It was playing, like, constantly. And back in the day, dude, a nice, uh, a nice erotic thriller starring, uh, Bridget Fonda and Jennifer Jason Lee is not gonna go unnoticed by a dude like, a uh, young, a young icy robot. But this is, this is actually, factually, one of the movies I remember going to see with the, uh, wife at the theater. Came out in 1994. We just kinda, kinda started dang back, dating back in the theater days. I remember it played at the UA6 where me and uh, my guy Gino Vega worked, and I definitely, definitely, definitely remember going to see this one with the wife, and that's that's a nice memory. I don't have, like, a ton of, like, early theater memories. I, I'm a big-time theater-goer, but I didn't go that much as a kid, and I haven't gone, like, in, in months and months and months. We, we all we all know about that, but um, I don't have, like, tons and tons of memories before I, I started working at, theater, at the theater. So this one, like, it's near and dear to my heart. It's near and dear uh, right up into the uh, El Corazon. But at any rate, let's, uh, we're gonna move forward on the list right now, but before we do, we're gonna get a note from our pals at Morton Salt. Here are some of the best-known ways to improve a pinch of salt. Put a pinch on an ear of corn. 
They made Morton salt iodine. That means you and your family can get all the iodine you need for good health. Each little grain of Morton's is a separate cube. And because the cubes don't stitch together, Morton pours more freely. And when it's salt, it's Morton. Breakdown. Big box, little box, little box too. Morton salt, Morton salt, Morton salt. We now return you to the list. Number two. Is this necessary? That was my skull. I'm so wasted. Is this proper? What is it that gets inside your heads? <laughs> Let's party. See Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where only the rules get busted. Rated R. Starts Friday, August 20th at theaters near area. Check newspapers. <laughs> the next movie on the list is another dynamite film. This is the 1982 movie known as Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I think this movie is just so dynamite. It is just absolutely great. One of the one of the best coming of age tales of all the times. One of the best movies ever to like show what it was like to actually factually like be in high school. Of course, it's like what you would be like in high school if you lived in like the uh, Southern California region in 1982. But at, at any rate, it is a dynamite movie. In this one, our gal Jennifer Jason plays a character known as, known as Stacey Hamilton. She is a sophomore at Ridgemont High, and her her arc is that of a girl who is out there looking for love, looking for affection, looking for all those things we're all looking for. And when she when she uh, accidentally gets in uh, impregnated by by a real cad and is forced to go through the um well forced to go through all kinds of horrible things, and it's like. It's really a sad arc in this what is like a dynamite comedy, but it kind of it kind of goes to show the depth of the movie. It shows the depth of the acting ability of a uh, young Jennifer Jason Lee. At the time when I saw this, like I I was really I was really taken aback that like like a, a comedy of this sort would have have such a heavy storyline. But now as an adult, I really I really can appreciate that they put some kind of seriousness in a movie that was all all levity. Fast Times at Ridgemont High is an ensemble cast. It features everybody from Sean Penn in a, what you would have to say is a historic role as Jeff Spicoli. It has the lovely Phoebe Cates. It has Judge Reinhold. It's just like, it has Forrest Whitaker in it. It has like everybody. But what, what really makes the movie what it is, is this like real, honest, heartfelt, deep storyline with Jennifer Jason Lee, And as a, as a youngster, she really showed, like, she had a lot of potential. She had a lot of uh, good good acting ahead of her. I, I looked at her IMDb pretty thoroughly before making this list, just to make sure I wasn't really, like, missing anything. And there's, like, there's, like, a real large gap in the middle. Like, she was in the 80s, and then she was in the 90s, and then she disappeared, and then she made a, made a comeback. And over that time, she... She left Hollywood and she went to Broadway, where she was fairly successful. She has a Tony under her belt, which is like the equivalent of an Oscar. It's the equivalent of an Emmy. Well, it's, I think it's way better than an Emmy. I think that it's on par with an Oscar. And I think that if you if you talk to people, they might say that the skill level involved in winning a Tony is more so than what is involved with winning an Oscar. So she, she was very successful in that realm. But I feel like we missed out on a nice portion of her career, but I, I think that she made an interesting choice, and she made the right choice for her 
And while those of us who are not uh, Broadway uh, aficionados may have suffered, the people who are into that, they got a lot of good stuff from a Hall of Fame level actor. Let's move forward and find out what is my favorite Jennifer Jason Lee movie of all the times in all the spaces. Number one. Critics everywhere agree The Hateful Eight is epic and hilarious. <laughs> Nominated for three Golden Globe Awards. Now we're talking. It's one of the best films of the year. That gets me. It gets me too. The Hateful Eight. My number one Jennifer Jason Lee movie of all the times and all the spaces is a movie known as The Hateful Eight. The Hateful Eight is a 20, uh, is it 2015? I think it's 2015, but I am not absolutely sure. Let's see. It's a 2015 Western thriller written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, the legendary Quentin Tarantino, where in which eight strangers are all trapped inside of a cabin due to a, uh, what do you call it? A blizzard. They're all trapped in there. They're all bad guys. And what will happen? Who knows? But if you know anything about Quentin Tarantino, what you can imagine happens is that, uh, a lot of shooting. A lot of shooting goes down. Our gal, Jennifer Jason Lee, plays Daisy Domergue, who is a wanted felon who has been captured by Kurt Russell, who plays a bounty hunter. She's strapped to him like the entirety of the movie. And in this, Daisy Domergue is a super vile, super gross, racist murderer who says the most disgusting things you've ever heard in your life. But at the same time, she's a really interesting very well-acted character. The movie, when it first came out, I think what I remember reading was that the script, the script for it leaked. So they were going to just scrap the whole thing. The movie was initially written as a vehicle for, um, what's his name? Django. A uh, Jamie Foxx Django sequel. But then the script leaked, and Tarantino was just going to throw the whole thing in the garbage. But he decided that there was some, uh, some interest in it, some weight to it. So he rewrote the whole thing as a, uh, as a one-room kind of deal, and there you have it. We got The Hateful Eight. This movie is, like, super long. It's, like, incredibly long. I remember seeing it at the theater, and at one point, they actually had an intermission. I think it might be the only movie, like, modern movie I've ever seen that had an intermission segment. It was kind of kind of cool. The wife and I were there at the theater by ourselves on a Monday afternoon. We both got up, went outside, walked around, did a little lap, came back inside and enjoyed the rest of the movie. It's really, really a fantastic film, though. There's, like, Kurt Russell's in it. Bruce Dern is in it. Channing Tatum is in it. Our gal Jennifer Jason is in it. Samuel Jackson's in it. It's just, like, it's really dynamite, dude. If you haven't seen it, I would recommend seeing it. The best way, I think, to see it is on uh, Netflix. Netflix has a super long extended version of it where it's kind of it's kind of played as a mini series it's in like four separate episodes you can watch it's like 550 hours long or so but it's definitely definitely worth it the the movie and this is just in my opinion was in some degrees rewritten based around Jennifer Jason Lee she was the first actor who was cast in the film so i think that in some regards that 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 kind of adds weight to what I'm saying. She was cast first, and then, like, months and months later, they started casting the other people. I I see Tarantino as the kind of guy, and we all know this is true, who likes to bring people back from the past, and I just kind of imagine that, like, he had this, he had this idea, he wanted to work with Jennifer Jason Lee, and he wrote a role for her, got her on it, and then kind of, and then sort of just, like, built the rest of the movie around that, which is something we know that he does. He does. This is, this is a really, really dynamite movie, man. It's a real nice showcase for Jennifer Jason Lee. I've never seen her in anything like this. Some of the things that come out of her mouth are just astoundingly vile, but they're also 
somewhat funny if you uh, don't mind laughing at horrible things. But I, I like this movie a lot, dude. It's really great. It's a real showpiece for the uh, career of Jennifer Jason Lee. So there, there you have it, my guys. My personal top five Jennifer Jason Lee movies of all the times and all the spaces. What else has been going on? I feel like we haven't talked in like a super long time. The last two episodes that we've heard were recorded long ago because we were going to have some some home uh, construction kind of things going on. So I knew that I had to get ahead. So I recorded like four episodes in one week at one point. And the last few you've been listening to were recorded during during this segment. So it feels like I haven't like updated any of the new news in a long time. The election's over. That went well. Of course, it feels like it's still going on, which is awful. But it went went in our uh, our direction. I'm, I'm happy about that. But I... I'm also just wanting it to be over in all regards. We got some good news. We got some good news here on the home front. My neighbors across the street, the ones with the famous dog story, the guy who came over and wanted to fight me that one day, they're moving. They're actually gone. At this point, they are gone. I got to wash them right out of my hair. They're gone. Hopefully, I will will never see them again. Well, that would be fine. I could see them again, but hopefully they don't. They don't move back. During the big fire, I remember talking to the uh, wife, and she was like, well, we're moving. This is it. We've had enough. We're out of here. We're leaving this area now. And then uh, they actually followed through. They're gone. So that's that's good. But then there's always, like, this uncertainty in the air when you're getting new neighbors. Will they be worse than the old ones? Will they be better? Who knows? That house across the street is in kind of a troubled spot. The people that were there before them were whack. The people who were there up until just a while ago were incredibly whack. So let's hope that, like, things take a turn. But if they follow the uh, pattern they've been going, they'll they'll also continue on to be whack. I got a new computer. This is a big deal. I've had the uh, old computer that I've been making the show on since I actually started making the show. I've had it for, like, years and years and years and years. And that story of the computer is a well-known one. I, I had a computer before that, and then it went down. And I wasn't, like... I wasn't, like, financially in the place where I could, like, uh, go out and buy a new computer at that moment. But then, luckily, it was, like, one of those electronics recycling days that I was walking around the neighborhood and I saw a computer on top of a garbage can, a laptop. And I brought it home, and it worked, but the monitor was cracked. So I I hooked it up to a monitor, and I've been using that one, like, ever since. Every episode I've ever recorded on the show was on that laptop. But it's old, and it's slow. And as much as I, I really enjoyed it, I could kind of get the feeling that it was going down. It was clunking. You could hear, like, weird sounds inside of it. The power would kind of intermittently go on and off. So I decided I had to get a new one. But the thing that I do on the computer the most is work on the show. I do browse the internet and stuff like that. But as far as, like, work or whatever, what I do on the computer is make the show. And I kind of I kind of wanted the show to pay for it. So I sort of I sort of sat on my Patreon money. For as long as I could. I just left it there, I left it there, I left it there, hoping to build up enough to buy a computer. And then I looked at the amount, and hey, I had enough to get a new computer. So I went online and I bought a a refurbished Dell Optiplex. It's an Optiplex 3010 with uh, 16 gigs of RAM and has a 2 terabyte hard drive. It's like so much incredibly faster than my old computer. I didn't even realize how slow my computer was until I got up on this new one. So I am as happy as a clam. Of course... There's a lot of tinkering. I'm having some issues with the sound levels. I haven't been able to get them to the uh, to where I like them to be. But hopefully, I'll do some more tinkering. I'll do some more recording, and we'll uh, we'll get that all settled. But I gotta give a big shout out to everybody out there who's on Patreon. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. This computer is making me so happy. I didn't realize how bad I had it 
until I finally got it good. You guys, you guys came through with me for this, man. Anybody who's out there who's a patron, I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. You guys are the best. I don't want to... I don't want to get into naming names individually because then I'll, I'll leave somebody out and then I'll hurt their feelings. But I, I just want you guys to know that I, I love and I cherish all of you. I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna get it out of here. It's raining right now and I want to go outside and enjoy the rain. It doesn't rain a lot around here. This feels like the first significant rain of the year and I want to go for like a little uh, rain walk around the neighborhood. So, hopefully we'll hear from each other again soon. I uh, will share the story of the construction the next time we're together. That did not go well. It's still an ongoing saga. Anytime you got to deal with construction people, man, it's a hardship. And this, this has been a hard, hard, hard hardship. My house is torn to bits right now, and I'm not loving it. But hopefully soon we'll get this all taken care of. But until that day happens, I'm living in ruins. Guys, I hope you're doing well. I will talk to you all soon. Do the time. Don't let the time do you. Time seems hard right now. But you got to believe things are getting better. Birds are migrating again. Rains are back. Stuff's, stuff's getting better. Things are getting better. This has been an IC Robots radio production.